Kia ora. I'm Peter Jury. I'm Luke McFarlane. And this is the podcast for English teachers uh, across all of Aotearoa. Um, hey, you might not be an English teacher. You, you might just have found your way here because it might flip your boat. If that's the case, uh, welcome aboard. Great to have you here with welcome, us. Welcome, welcome. This is our first time uh, running this podcast. Uh, mihi out to the hosts who have uh, been before us. They, they certainly set a legacy. And have clearly moved on to greener pastures. <laughs> um, so it's landed here. Uh, Luke, um, why are you hosting this podcast? Oh, you know, I love English. Uh, enjoy reading texts. And um, keen to have a chat about how uh, Te Mataiaho is going to be implemented within the classroom. Nice. Uh, I'm... Uh, English yourself, teacher, yourself. English teacher by trade as well. And really keen just to help uh, carry you through this, this, this <laughs> you podcast. Got, you got big shoulders, so <laughs> I'm off for the ride. Um, first thing to get us started, I guess, this probably came about because there are a lot of changes going on in the NZ curriculum, uh, refresh going on. Uh, for those who have maybe had the head in the sand for a few weeks, you just want to give us a bit of an overview, really, of what this refresh entails for English. Yeah, uh, I mean, to sum it up real quickly, I think it's uh, about showing uh, what an Aotearoa classroom is and what Aotearoa education is, rather than uh, so broad, bringing more localised, looking at uh, our histories, our stories, our whakapapa, and our position within that. Me, is that what it says on the refresh? <laughs> it's on the back cover. <laughs> Is that the inside blurb? That's the inside blurb. The quick run through. Um, look, you and I are based here in uh, the Bay Plenty. Uh, if we were an English teacher in Bluff or maybe up in Kaiko here, Whangarei and Mihi out to all you people in those places. Mm, mm. Um, Beautiful what, spots too. I've been to them. I, mean, I've, I think I've been to Bluff years ago when I was young. Been yeah. to the Derby, Kaiko here? No, but I watched the doco. Such a good um, doco. What was it called? Kaiko Demolition? Mm. Yeah, Ngafa. Mm. Yeah. Um, we digress, sorry. No, no, digression is good here. Um, but I was going to say, uh, if you're, so you're out there, you're teaching English, what what do you hope the teachers will be able to take away from this podcast other than the uh, abundance of entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> and hey, yeah. for life. The number one thing, man, we're looking to uh, have a chat about how the curriculum can be implemented within your classroom. Uh, touching base with some pretty cool authors around Aotearoa um, and also having a look at local stories around the, the motu. So I think regardless of where you're from, there's always a good story to tell, uh, always an interesting bit of local history that can um, be expressed or explored in your classroom. Tap that into some local authors. I was going to say that's my interest is um, sort of around uh, Aotearoa social history, really, history specifically um moldy history and that um interface with uh the shared history of Aotearoa afterwards um so for me it's probably the Aotearoa histories that's come into our curriculum but also um and how that looks in english mm-hmm. um i know when i was at school and it's never a great way to start any convo when you're a teacher because you think, oh man, what that all time back in my day, back in my day, yes. But what I liked about English, I really mm. always enjoyed stories and always enjoyed uh, reading new stories and being sort of grabbed by stories. So that's probably my real, um, a particular interest of mine within this sort of uh conversation around teaching of English. So I'm hoping in our chats when we meet these people, 
that's what I'll be able to bring to the equation. Well, you're bringing the storytelling to the authors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're telling them what they should do and how they should write it. And how they should be better. Yeah, you might want to rethink this line. Yeah, I didn't quite like how that ended. <laughs> Change the ending. Yeah, so I'm just going to be telling people what they should do. Awesome. I'll just check their <laughs> sentence structures in. <laughs> no, I think that's what I'd like to bring that sort of uh, angle, find out more about it and how that stuff can be weaved into our probably classroom practice. Well, if there's been anything missing from podcast world, it certainly has been um, the perception of or coming from um, two second division uh, rugby NPC supporters. Absolutely, yes. Right? I, I, I agree with you 100%. Has there ever been uh, a curriculum refresh podcast delivered by two fans of uh, Ngāti Parau East Coast and uh, the mighty Swan Fox of the Tim Valley? I'm I doubt it. I'm 100% sure that it hasn't happened, <laughs> probably because people with those backgrounds and those interests have better things to do, but yeah, not us. Fair. To be fair, we've got plenty of time. Uh, the other thing that's going to be cool, Luke, is you are at the Coalface teaching uh, daily. So it'd be quite cool to see your take on things. Yeah. Easy for me in the back benches saying, oh, yeah, throwing a bit of shade here and there. Mm. But you're the guy who's actually got to go out and do it, as do all of our uh, listeners out there, all three of you, the one in Bluff, <laughs> the one in Kaikoi, and the one in Kaitaia. <laughs> We'll be up to you three again. <laughs> cool. Oh, well, let's give us a bit of an idea of what we're going to look for. Okay, so, Luke, we've got the uh, Te Mataiaho draft here, um, and it's divided as the whole review is we've got understand, know, and do. So understands around our big ideas. Nice whakatauki here. Ko pōhewa, ko auaha, ngā ara, ke Creativity and imagination transport us to new worlds. So that sort of leans in with what I really enjoy about English and also the cool things you were talking about. What do you um what do you reckon? Yeah, oh, look, the number one reason I enjoy reading is it's an escape, right? Like uh, regardless of what's happened throughout the day, you tap into this other world that exists between uh thumb and forefinger and you explore worlds through the eyes of different characters and and understand different things. So for me, um that's something that I'm really passionate about. Shuts off my day, do it every night away from the technology but i guess the issue is how do you sell that to a, a 13 year old boy that's sitting in your classroom i was just going to say a little side tangent here all those things you like about reading man i can do that on my phone when i go and play Tekken 11 mm. well, i don't think you play Tekken 11 on your phone but show my age playing some cool game on my phone i get all that escapism fantasy cool stuff why would i go and read a book <laughs> all right good question why would a 13 year old use that as an escape Maybe this is part of the discussion. So I guess what we've led to there is how do we, so that's great, we're here in the curriculum. To be fair, this is an age-old problem for the teaching of English. What are some ways around you build that passion for a novel or a story? And, and I shouldn't have said novel story. How do you build the passion for a story? I think, first of all, number one, uh, the passion's got to come from the, the practitioner. Like, they've got to be actively passionate about what it is they're doing and and the hope that uh, some of that rubs off straight away. Yeah, I mean, for me, if I'm looking at um, any text, um, number one, I'm looking for a situation, an environment, or um, a decision, perhaps, that a character's in that I've, All right, let's I can connect with. Let's test your rationale here. Uh, three or so years ago, you were at an all-boys school, and you taught that novel about um, that post-apocalyptic one. What was it called? In yeah. Australia, what was yeah, it called? Yeah, The Road to Winter. The Road to Winter. So without, well, to be fair, there probably are going to be spoilers here. Mark Smith. But very quickly, what was the, because that was the hit. 
what was the and i remember teaching it on your recommendation yep so what was the hit of that novel what those ingredients that grabbed those 14 year old boys that they were loving that story mate straight away he's, he's hunting and fishing he's self-sufficient um it was contemporary in regards to uh COVID. um a love story or not really a love story but some action thrown in there if you will hang on let's divorce it so Love story and action is in action scenes, not love story with some action. Yes. You mean it's an action story but with a growing love subplot, eh? Well, yeah, he didn't really fall in love with the character, but he got some action. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, all right, so you've got the, the con or what the story was about, Grab Boys. What else? Yes. Why, why did you choose that novel? Did you read it first? Yeah, yeah. For me, I read the blurb on the back, mm -hmm. and it said, "Young fella loves surfing. World goes to bad, and he ends up having to survive and looks after this young lady." And I was like, "Perfect." If I was uh, a 13, 14 year old boy, um, that's definitely a world I want to get lost in. Yeah, and I guess uh, as we all know, as all good English teachers know, you definitely judge the the book by the cover. So mm. it did have it's a, a good one. Yeah, it did have a good cover. Oh, that's a good way. So one thing, I guess, if we're trying to make this practical for uh, people out there, for peeps uh, out in the big, bad world, um, it's trying to grab that context that grabs them. Yes. You know, it sounds, I mean, look, it's a, a zombie outbreak, or sorry, not a zombie outbreak, futuristic um, cataclysmic event has happened. Mm. Uh, not too many people can relate to that. Um, well, maybe our listeners in Bluff could, but <laughs> 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 sorry, I don't have my Bluff father. Good oysters, just uh, great oysters, yeah, yeah. and solid powers. He's a good diving uh, guy. There's great diving YouTube videos down there. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, anyway, you know, no, no kids been through that, but it sounds really cool, and it grabs them, hooks them in. Mm. I think um, for me, the setup is key, like how you introduce it. So rather than hey, we're just about to do this novel study, pull something out of the novel that might capture their interest straight off, and do a mini um, little little uh, activity around that so if i'm leading into this novel of um you know a, an event that sort of wipes out all the population have a look at quite like a, a 15 minute viral study what's happened around the world that um, has had a significant impact it could be chernobyl like tap yeah. into a global event that's had a um, ongoing impact on uh its society and use that as a jump it's like well this didn't actually happen in the novel but this dude, mm. man, he comes from a situation where a lot of people are gone now and he has to fend for himself. Have you seen a movie called, um, it's an old New Zealand one, The Quiet Earth? Yes. Pretty random. Yes. Uh, the guy was actually a lecturer mine at uni. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Uh, Craig Harrison. But basically, a dude wakes up and there's no one around. So I guess, you know, if you're wanting to link some texts and you wanted to show them a classic old school New Zealand film, mm. you'd show them The Quiet Earth. Mm. To be fair, it'd be pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> well just because it's you know it's probably not not the one you connect with with that age but i'm just trying to think of a similar film yeah yeah, yeah. the other the other one that came to mind straight away star dustin hoffman uh dustin hoffman and i think it was called outbreak outbreak late 90s remember that yeah yeah there's been a few 28 days later i think there's one that they were Zom zombie hospital. one yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a great, yeah that'll be a great one yeah that'll yeah, be cool yeah. don't know what the rating on that is pretty brutal from memory yeah yeah but it's about, I guess, just, um, yeah, you don't jump straight into, hey, we're reading the first 15 pages today and you're going to love it. 
I guess it's about finding something that exists within there, pull that out without letting them know too much about it and do a little cool intro via that way and then go, well, hey, look, this is what happens here. You could probably do it over a couple of different things. You know, this guy and this one um, go surfing a lot. Man, maybe you lead in with a little activity around endless summer too. Um, these guys traveling the world just surfing and having a good time. Well, this guy's not traveling the world, but he's that's his escape. Surfing's the inner, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, endless summer one came to New Zealand. Absolutely, Bruce Brown, so the classic scene, classic shot, Larry Gizzy Beach, one we uh, beach. Mm. Um, same movie, they wind up in Raglan, so they go coast yes. to coast, and it's only around the whole world, but you get a couple of little snippets from mm. New Zealand. Put us on the map, indeed, put us on the map, yeah, put Raglan on the map, uh, because then surfers started coming up, mm. yeah. But we started talking about what was grabbing readers, yes, and that was my fault because I just wanted to try and get a practical tool out of there. Yes. But I asked that because um, you had led in with how yeah, stories capture and stories capture people yes. and stories capture an audience yes. and it gives them an in. So in that um, in that understand strand, what are the sort of things that are in there? That oh, like I said before, the the really clear things that are coming out for me, and then feel free to comment on wherever this is posted and correct me. I'm used to it. Uh, is it's uniquely telling our story. And so um, if it's here in the Bay and we're looking at sharing stories um, for source of enjoyment, maybe we're, we're looking at uh, the local battle between um, Ngāi and Ngāi with the, the Battle of Kōkowai where they get tricked with these um, these baskets. Maybe you're sharing that as an entry point to not only your local histories, but that's your tapping into a sense of interest. Hey, man, do you want to read a story about a dude getting beheaded? Oh, well, let's go. And uh, for those of you um, who would like to listen to a really good podcast, there's one Taringa, which is a te reo um, learning one. Mm. But about every two or three weeks or so, or two or three episodes, they have an episode called Once Upon a Timer, and they go through a puraka from a different area or a different iwi. Oh, perfect. Uh, quite cool. You won't get that sort of insight. Way to push to away our three listeners. I don't mind kai koe You won't get that sort of insight here. But it would be a cool way to try and connect each time to different quarter roy out there. One thing you said earlier in the, in the lead in here is we want to get more authors, but not just authors, people who um, share stories and get them in. Absolutely. And so what we'll try and do is connect some puraka or stories from that area as well. Mm. Um, okay, so that was the understand strand. What's next? Excellent. So the whole, thing's, the whole yep. thing's structured around um, you've got progress outcomes, We've shifted away from achievement objectives, uh, split over a couple of different year levels. Other, other than semantics, what's the difference there? I guess um, practically. Again, practically. Practically. What's the difference? Kids are on a journey, and we can't expect them to we not sign them off uh, all the time. This is what we expect at the end of a, a cycle, a two-year cycle, two-year process. Hmm. Oh, yeah. What do you reckon? I think that's what I'd be doing any, anyway. I'm conscious of that. Mm. Um, I guess for me, it's kind of the, it's that understand that really opens up trying to engage students. Mm. Uh, the no, I guess it, it's caught, being cautious that, like you heard me being a bit dismissive potentially of just the terms mm. or mm. semantics. It's making sure that I'm actually delivering on that, not just, nah, man, that's just outcomes. It's yeah, just right. words. Yeah, yeah. Have you got an example for me? So, for the for the no, we're looking at. Um, oh, let's jump into ideas within, across, and beyond text. 
<clears throat> what's happening? Ideas within, across, and beyond. Oh, well, that's kind of, I guess I could see that, like what we're talking about, like across texts. So again, we, um, oh, you're from uh, Parihauraki, Thames, mm. Coromandel. Mm. Um, I guess there are a lot of stories you could connect across different things there. Here's a fun fact I learned for you, and we've already talked about COVID uh, before, but when the Spanish influenza hit in the 20s, mm. they shut off the Coromandel. Like they did Iwi checkpoints, same thing. And the Coromandel, and I know you're Thames and I'm generalizing the Coromandel is all the same. <laughs> I don't know to you Coromandel people who aren't from Thames. Um, or or alternatively, you Thames people who aren't, who don't see yourself as from the Coromandel. Yeah. Apologies to someone out there anyway. But what they did is they shut off that, I think at Waihe. Yes. And obviously on the other side, Thames. Yes. Um, and the Coromandel was one of the few places that didn't get uh, swamped by the Spanish flu. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I read that in lockdown. It came out and they someone did like a comparison. So, um, yeah, there you go. So we would go with that as potentially if we had a text or a story or or a context or something from that area, there are other ways we can the road to winter. Straight road back. to winter, yeah. This, this virus is spreading around. People are escaping there. The areas they're trying to uh, find uh, quieter spots in the hope that they'll survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's about those connections. And uh, when I say connections, I mean that in the least um, teacher of English way possible. Where I know there's a you know standard around connections, but genuine connections. Yeah, I also reckon um, you're looking at uh, the students' experiences prior to entering your classroom with that as well, right? You you you're providing them a text perhaps with, with some ideas within it. What's been their experience with a similar idea before they even entered your classroom or or outside your classroom? Um, yeah, it goes beyond what you've handed them in that classroom. Yeah, and what's cool about that is that goes into the classic um, knowing your students, knowing who they are, being able to bring who they are into the classroom, as opposed to when we were at school, and I make that sound as if we were about the same age, but you're a bit older than me. Um, <laughs> but but that idea that actually you come into my room here's the, here's the here's what we're studying. Open your book, read a chapter. It's moving away from well, obviously we should have moved away from that, but now that student can make those connections themselves, bring their own vocabulary, bring their own stories to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one cool thing um, that we've seen recently uh, with one of our colleagues is done this. Um, Unsettling histories, unbroken resistance. And so he's looking at um, how there's been a power struggle, obviously, within Aotearoa, and it continues to be so. And that taps into the, the literature, language, and texts are powerful and to understand. And so then he's looking at um, the language of protest, the language mm. of confiscation, um, the, the texts that have then come from that as well. So to be able to connect the text of, I don't know, if we looked at local case with... Um, now Portuki around the Mangatawa and the land confiscation and the public works are uh, in the quarry. If we can read the um, excerpts of the official act to a student or have them pick that apart a little bit, and then you can tie that straight into, well, what are the protest signs that might have come from that? What's the, the response? Beautiful. Two texts there towards that. Um, there's a classic uh, book, uh, Dr. Ranginui Walker, Kafafai Tonu Mato, which is about Māori resistance over the years. 
and resistance resistance in a broad term. And then there's a recent one, uh, Totohi Tohi, which is about um, the politics of Māori protest specifically. So going back to Bastion Point, uh, Raglan Golf Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hikoi with Fina Cooper, Foreshore and Seabed. Uh, now there's a collection of um, people who worked on that, but one I know is Matariki Williams. Must she actually went to school here in Tauranga. So. Oh, mean. But those are two texts straight away. You mentioned something like that where you can make sure you're getting, I guess, those real rich, specifically Māori voices there, which historically aren't voices that have been heard. So. Mm, mm. Yeah, well, I guess, man, it continues. And then you can find texts all across different age groups for that as well, right? Like So um, this year's conference, uh, you've got uh, Shiloh Kino, mm. who... Um, Porangi boy. Porangi boy, you know, and that's the, also another text where just told through the eyes of a young fella who feels pretty sick about life, he's bullied a little bit, but um, through some self-empowerment, I guess he finds his his purpose. Mm. Um, Were you bullied, Luke? Little side sidebar here. Were you bullied? At absolutely, school? at some points in time, eh? I was cheeky. Yeah, you know? I always thought that I had a good sense of humour. Um, yeah. It's long been proven that I don't. So, <laughs> can vouch for it. Yeah, all these slow pauses in this podcast will <laughs> attest. <laughs> it's just the slowest processing to me. What about yourself? I can't imagine. I mean, you've always been quite a, a big unit. Um, <laughs> um, some powerlifting records. No, nah, not too many. Uh, other than my dad. Yep. No, look, hey, bullied more by our own whanau rather than others. I was at a small country. Oh, probably, probably like some was at a small country school. Whanau uh, went through boarding school, though. Te Oti, Tipere, those ones. And, uh, anyway, uh, slight digression, sorry. So that was, we got to that discussion point there through that idea of connections. Yeah, the ideas across. Uh, within. Ideas, a unit, we could bring another text. So Yeah. Very cool. It's disappointing, eh, that, that it takes a refresh to give that momentum to make these sort of connections. Oh, look, I'll, I'll probably disagree with you a little bit. Yeah, what a I dick. feel... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, look, I don't speak for myself, but I know there's been some awesome teachers out there since uh, even when I was at school who, Absolutely. who probably did their best to, to share uh, their version of the curriculum and, and told local stories in, in a way that sort of engaged us as, as students. And I um, I acknowledge your disagreement. I think you're right because even now, I was at school a long time for you, I can remember those awesome teachers as, as you can. Um, I guess it's the fact that you need to make this explicit. Yes, is, is uh, hey, but hey, if it gets the result, it gets the result. So yeah, I mean, with this, I think, I think you had the nail on the head before around uh, you can't hide from it, and I don't think teachers should be hiding from uh, delivering this content and these mm. uh, these concepts. I think if, if that continued to happen, we'd get nowhere. Big question off the bat, episode one: What makes a good teacher? Number one, someone who just gets along with the students in front of them. Like, uh, and by get along, I don't mean push over, let them do whatever they want, let them, um, you know, you're not, you're not the mate. Add them on Facebook. Add them on Facebook and hang out at parties. But make them like your, <laughs> <laughs> like your posts on Instagram. <laughs> but um, watch my ticky tockies. Tucky ticks, eh? There's tucky ticks. No, but someone who uh, sort of can toe the line with the students, but uh, is also willing to. Uh, pull back a little bit depending on each individual case and, and the day that they're having. Um, can tap into their interests without overbearing 
or over presenting their own or controlling by their own you know for instance um i love uh surfing and spearfishing and all those sorts of things but not every lesson is about me it's about well actually most of them are but uh look back to absolutely guilty of that man i, <laughs> I love steak and cheese pies <laughs> and bruce lee films and we did and do a pie tour <laughs> did a pie tour of uh eastern bay of mindy and studying a few bruce lee films yeah yeah yeah, yeah. bit of a shock there mark oh, away. yeah yeah hey i, I wish it kept going anyway. story for another day what do you reckon uh what, what makes a good teacher but... no definitely of course you answer my question those are the traits of a good teacher what else makes a good teacher i think it's that balance you got to, it's about engaging students. If we're all about what you know, man, you can chuck a YouTube video on. Yeah. And that'll do a better job than anything you'll know. Um, but Are you pointing at me? I'm pointing at you specifically. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, you know, chuck an episode of the Wiggles on and kids will get more than <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> um, but if, but it's not that easy. So there's got to be more to it than that. It's that, it's that, ability, to, to, that ability to engage students is what's crucial. Yeah, and it's not just that one brand of student either. Do you know right. what I mean? That's right. Like, oh, man, I'm into sport. Hey, I'm just going to sit around the jock table and, and talk about the Super Rugby finals coming up. It's about... Uh, you want to talk about that and the, and the state of origin. Well, yeah. yeah. Crucial game <laughs> you too. You want to cover all your bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, and then I guess um, if we step back from that a little bit as schools, because you're never going to be all things for all people. No. But your hope as a school, you've, you have that diversity you offer that spread of people, then you may not be my person, but um, the next subject or the next teacher will be. Yeah. And for the student beside me, it's someone else again. Yeah. And if they're not their person, you're not giving up on them. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're still, not just like, yeah, oh, sweet right. this, bro- this relationship's broken or... That's right. And what you mentioned right at the start to that question, that idea that um, that idea of connection and engaging becomes really important because, man, you may have nothing in common as a teacher with a student but you, you want to bring them into what you're what you're talking about you know mm. right i open your books at page six so that's our understand that's our no for this one it's about you're doing your job doing your best to develop each akonga's ability to tell a story whether that's yep through their own personal written text through their oral storytelling through their um, visual representation whether it's a graphic novel or i don't disagree with you at all but what's the difference between what we were doing two years ago? How was that any different? Yeah, good question. And I don't want to sound like a cynical guy here. I'm just trying to think. What's the gain here? Is it is it the fact by simplifying it into understand, no, do, it makes it really clear of progressions of what we're doing or what we're expecting of our students or what we're trying to guide our students to? Yeah, I reckon you're probably right. the way you described it, and I'd expect that of a teacher... When I was at school, I would have expected that's what I'm doing in the classroom 10 years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Oh, look, maybe I'm making assumptions, but because I don't know all the answers, that's for damn sure. But maybe it's about uh, the fact that everything's been organized within uh, developing a, like an idea of Aotearoa education. And so we're promoting these uh, the students' ability to you know, make connections with themselves and other techs. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And, and that could um, be anything from creating a small protest sign through to uh running a thesis around or straight away landmarks absolutely straight away then i also think of um there's a lot of spoken word Mm -hmm. uh someone we hope to get on the podcast is takahu rolleston yes you ever teach him no i I talk okay it's uh in totem so it's right i know he's in your class 
Well, the question is whether you... <laughs> <laughs> you can just name drop. In, in spite of being in my class, he's done really well. But um, he does a lot of spoken word, and that is a lot of there's a lot of protest there that I've heard him talk about. So straight ahead, you're right. That's a really cool example. You could do a poster. You could do spoken word. You could um, reference those texts we talked about before. You might do a thesis. I like it. It shapes, um, yeah, it shapes sort of what they do or helps um, process thoughts and yeah. One thing I've has oh, definitely made me question how I've done things and how I'll do things differently is the more you sort of uh, consider how a student might, let's say, would focus on that same do, how they present that to us and how we assess their ability to meet the progress outcome of that cycle of by the year, end of year 10. Does it have to be a 350-word response to text or can it be a series of protest posters or can it be um, an Instagram post with uh, a comment below? You know what what uh what determines whether a kid is successful or not mm. and that's made me question about well can we do, rather than do eight weeks and then lead up to a big essay or can we just yeah. do little snapshots of understanding i like that i like that um if we just sort of ponder that for a bit but straight away i like the idea of it being um what you suggested is moving away from real traditional ways of assessment for a word mm. do an essay could it be an instagram comment Fuck, probably, surely not. How many words in Instagram comments? Bugger all, isn't it? Probably not. Uh, by, Aren't you limited by the number of words? I mean, yeah. Was that Twitter? Maybe I said ca a comment, but I should have said caption, really. Hey. Yeah, something Is like it that. caption? I don't know. I have to get on there. I'm the, not um, savvy enough. Get on um, and maybe all our um, savvier, cooler listeners, all of them might be able to all feedback three. on that. But maybe it's a I series, to two now. series of <laughs> social media posts. We lost got here. <laughs> <They're tapped out. laughs> but yeah i think a series of things um it sounds like a really good way to do it like almost, at, uh, almost a campaign right absolutely uh, a campaign, a campaign. Of, of slogans and protest yeah. slogans and a theme of protest suddenly five or six instagram comments or twi tweets twits roll doll twits twits <laughs> just name dropping there just to show that hey i know my i know my literature um <laughs> But, yeah, a series or a campaign is a really cool way that I think would be really uh, authentic for a lot of students. Yeah, I think even within a series like that, there's certainly scope to show development of ideas that would push them to, to high levels of success as well. You know, it's a, it's a forum that allows multiple levels of success for all learners. Something small like that. Yeah. We talked Not that earlier, I've done it, but I'll give it a go. But that's all right. We talked earlier about the times they are changing. There's no denying that, which they always are. But that 13-year-old Luke who loved a story, mm. would read a book, mm. that may not be the case now. But mm. by things like a campaign of Instagram posts or tiki-tokis or whatever it is yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that is themed that would grab a student today. Um Pride Week going on at the moment, uh, and there was a call activity I saw where it was um, like a scavenger hunt. You had rainbow flags in different areas, and you had to take a selfie with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again is, I think, it's just a, a cool way of using technology to do something. It's engagement, right? Engagement, absolutely. And and I guess with you also don't want to um, 
but you don't want to dilute whatever the subject is. English is what we talk about here, but you don't want to dilute. Don't be a sellout. Yeah, you don't want to dilute it so yeah. much. Where man, you barely, you barely do what you need to. You know, just yeah. for the sake of make it cool or likes. fun. Yeah, get your likes up. <laughs> yeah, listen, hey, like let's take yourself and get your likes. So you got to watch you're not diluting to that. But if it's an authentic way of learning, and there are so many cool teachers out there doing cool stuff. Yeah, you know, no, I admire teachers that are constantly on the on the uh, prowl, if you will, for interesting ways to engage by different mediums, right? Like it's not just relying on a PowerPoint or a Kahoot or whatever it is. That's why I call it social history. Mm. There are stories from like the 90s, 80s, 70s, as well as those Puraka that go back uh, before Pākehā were here and then to almost myths and legends as well. There's a rich a rich amount of stories in every and all here around the country. So. Mm. Power supplies, uh, changes to local law. Just down the road from Porirua is Tawa, you know, Tawa. Aye. Uh, and Tawa, I don't know if this is still the case, but that was one of the last dry suburbs. Wow. So no bottle stores or pubs. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's one, um, I think, I think there's one still in Auckland as well. Not a bad idea, really. There's nothing wrong with it, but I guess it's... Um, Again, uh, almost a hangover. No pun intended there. Oh, I see what <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's you. almost a hangover, though, from a really Christian-influenced local government, mm. which in itself is a different story because uh, with a Christian-influenced local government, that comes with certain standards yeah. and beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, eh? Well, I think maybe that's one of the things that people get out of this podcast is you're not just delivering one text. You're actually looking, you could theoretically look at a Puraco, connect it to a recent history, a reclamation of a golf course, whatever it is, and then tap into something like Porangi Boy, which is absolutely contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah. well, within Porangi Boy is, um, and from memory, I don't think the novel calls it by name, but that goes back to Ngafa Prison. Building the Alpha Prison on sort of Wahitapu, I think, yep. where they've got the hot springs. Yes. And that then people say, oh, well, there's a springs there. You can uh, you can compensate people. But there's a massive history at Nafa that goes back a long way. So, Portuguese Boy is a really good example. Mm. Mm. So, maybe that's something that comes out of this. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Like we say, I, I'd hope. I hope people get some pragmatic advice mm. to help consider what they can do with their own teaching. How to deliver it, eh? How to deliver it, yeah. What, yeah. what can I deliver? How can I deliver? Yeah. And for those of you unable to find Once Upon a Timer on the Taringa podcast, well, maybe you stay put here and there might be something we can bring to the party. Yeah, yeah. Um, tricky question that I'm going to throw out there. If we chose... A recent uh, text, mm. and we're on the topic of what I need, boy. Yep. 80s action film. Okay, yes. so we've got a young fella who, um, you know, is, is mocked by his peers um, and then finds a sense of worth and, and becomes a, a hero. Um, look, already my answer is crystal clear in my head. You carry on. I, I think we're going to say the same thing. comes out of your mouth. Yeah. I've, I'm all I'm all over this. Um, I was going to say Karate Kid, mate. Daniel Sun. I was going to say the exact same thing. Our viewers won't see this. 
But that's oh, that's some poppage there. Right. Uh, now, fun fact here, Karate Kid, I've worked out, I think, is my favourite film ever. How have you worked out your favourite film ever? Because I, I wasn't sure that was, I never really considered that was my favourite film. To actually start thinking about it. Yes. And where does it rate for me? Yes. And I think it's number one. Right. Yep. And, and as a, I don't know, even as an adult, Star Wars fan, but it's better than Star Wars. Right. That's a, that's a big call. Yeah, big call, but I'd back it. Yeah, Karate Kid is better than Star Wars. Yeah. Karate Kid is better than Back to, Fu back to the Future. Karate Kid is better than uh, Batman. And Karate Kid is better than Lethal Weapon. Series. Oh, he was Mel Gibson. He's pretty good. Isn't he? Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Yep. Murtor and Riggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Karate Kid is better than Braveheart. Big Braveheart fan. I'd go Karate Kid over Braveheart. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm struggling to think what films could go up against it. Potentially, Mad Max Two: Road Warrior. Mm. But very different films. Now you're just going down the pathway of Mel Gibson. You oh. just named Braveheart. I've already established I like to name drop and I like to obviously take Why did you meet him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm name dropping Karate Kid. And I'm name dropping other films that, that it's better than. Yes. Um, so here's a great way to introduce, let's say you want to line up Porangi Boy. Could Portangi, you? All right. So how do we like in Porangi Boy to Karate Kid? Cobra Kai. Could you use that as a contemporary well, text in the classroom and go, hey, look. Absolutely you could. I, I think so. But it's yeah. almost a reverse one, right? Because his nemesis is the one that's the, the struggler, the battler who's being bullied. Johnny Lawrence. Right. Johnny Big Lawrence, JL. the villain of the piece. Yeah. But really, really, it's um, it's Sensei. I was going to say Kyle Reese, but, geez, I think I'm confused it with Terminator. Yeah, I'm confused. Here I am saying I love Karate Kid. Jeez, I can't <laughs> remember the name. No. Sensei um, Reese. Yeah, let's just call him Sensei Reese. <laughs> I think I might get it wrong. But anyway, he's the real bad guy. Um, have you heard the alternative theory, though? No. I feel well, there's an alternative theory. Me and the listeners. If you watch, and again, this isn't my Fakadal here, listeners. And I know we're down to two of you, uh, maybe <laughs> one by now. But it's not my Fakadal, and I've said this elsewhere, but uh, there's a theory out there that Daniel's the bully. And if you look, and there's a YouTube video where you can watch key moments from the film key important moments and actually Daniel is the one who's bullying Johnny. Mm. So yeah. if you were to take that back to Timataiho and you're looking at the um literature, language and texts are powerful and it's looking at the power struggles within texts. And then you've got Cobra Kai. Man, could you link that to well, Tatiti or Watangi? Possibly <laughs> Possibly a strict misunderstanding of language could be. What I started thinking though is if you watch this YouTube video, it's you an editing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I do all my learning. That's yeah. what I show my kids in my class. I get lost for hours. <laughs> well, it's it's selected scenes from Karate Kid. Yeah. Where Daniel seems to be the perpetrator and the instigator. Where do and, you sit on that theory? Well, clearly I'm I'm a fan of the film, so I know it's it's um so it's, there's no context to these scenes. Mm. But it allows you to explore that from a different viewpoint, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Not sure we've landed there, but Karate Kid. Uh, Porangi Boy, Karate Kid, great comparison. Empathy is talked about a lot in Tumatai Hall. So, well, having what's that. Great, what, better model of, um, what better model of empathy than the closing scene of 
Karate Kid, where um, Johnny, the villain, one mm. of the villains, mm. takes the trophy from the uh, announcer, the presenter, and he gives it to LaRusso. Yeah, cool. Think his words, uh, LaRusso, you're all right, man. An even better example, That's the opening scene of Karate Kid 2. You remember the opening scene? No. You don't remember the opening scene of Karate Kid 2? It's been one or two weeks since I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let me uh, fill in some blanks. It immediately takes place after the events of Karate Kid 1. Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi are walking out. Yeah. And out there, Sensei, again, I'll use the name Kyle Reese. Can't remember if that's the bad guy and um, that's the good guy in Terminator 1 or not. I could have Googled this the time that we've pondered it. <laughs> that's all right. Our listeners will keep up. Yeah. Anyway, um, Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi walk out and Sensei is, is beating up Johnny, mm. calling him a pussy and he's... He's let the team yes, down. Yes, no, weak. I do remember this. I do remember this. And, and he's, he starts pushing him and shoving him, and everyone else saying, hey, leave him alone. Oh, man, piss off. Yeah. And then Mr. Miyagi comes in and, and destroys him. Yeah, I do remember this now. Destroys him, yeah. And there's that understanding of, hang on, this guy. So there's that empathy. There's yeah, that empathy yeah. there where here's this guy, Johnny, who's been a real asshole, but then he saves him. He's a product of his environment. And you mentioned Cobra Kai. That's that connection there because in season one, Daniel gives him opportunities. And Johnny Lawrence, hey, what do you need? I'll help you out. I'll fix your car. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Give you some work. Yeah, yeah. So for you listeners, this isn't just a Karate Kid podcast. We've just sort of shifted off into yeah, we, making we, connections. Well, there's connections. Yeah. 100% Karate Kid is a great text. As is Porangi Boy. Um, I read it to a year 10 class. They really enjoyed it. Okay. Now we're going yeah. into, so we've just, we've just connected those, maybe ideas within, across. Vodafone Warriors. Yes. Are they the the victims of bullies within the area? Could you could you say that they're the rising phoenix, much like Daniel Russo? Um and if you pick a particular player, maybe Sean Johnson. Would I um well I don't think so. I don't think so. If I were to liken the Warriors to a text, um well, perennial, I was going to say perennial battlers, but almost perennial underachievers. Underachievers, I'd agree. Uh, twice they've made it to the uh, to the big dance, mm. been the grand final twice. Uh, both times were great seasons. They've been to the finals, I think, um, possibly eight times. They've been to the top eight. I just saw this the other day. Mm. There's a little quiz on the Warriors. They've been there enough, but they just haven't really. I guess what makes it hard is you've just got seasons of indifference. Yeah. You got seasons of indifference. You got moments of brilliance and just season after season without it's average. So as a long-suffering supporter, I guess it makes it tricky to get on board with. Mm. So if we were to make a connection there between the Warriors, um, what are some texts about a perennial battler? We can think New Zealand stories, the perennial battler, the underachiever. If I'm gonna go um to perceived. Perennial battler, mm-hmm. and it's based on um, perceived performance or, or ability. Why not um, Bugs from um, the novel Bugs? Obviously, uh, Fiti Hiriaka. and like doesn't quite achieve to the potential, but finds no value in what is he doing because they're told actually you're not going to amount to anything. It's not until the end where they're like, oh, actually. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then you just made me think of what about wild pork and watercress? Oh. And and hunt for the water people again. Yeah. Both Uncle Heck and Ricky Baker. Uncle Heck and Ricky Baker. So yeah. And in the in the novel, well, novella, gonna be really wanky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then then yeah, you're right, Ricky and Heck. Outcasts. Outcasts from society. Outcasts from society. Bullied to some extent. Yeah. And, and even between them, Hicks in the definitely in the novel um, or novella, uh, Hicks <laughs> bullying Ricky for being fat. Yes, in a hard time, and then he stops calling it because he, you know. And at the end, Ricky is this king photographer, and he's surviving the bush and got to these schools. So, I think there's a theme in New Zealand literature, particularly about the underdog, particularly the male underdog. Mm. It's called Man Alone. Is it Man thing? Alone? Well, that was his novel. Is it, or is that a novella? Uh, I think it's a novel. <laughs> um, but there's a whole subsection there. I mean, we talked at the start of this, at the top of this podcast, about making it connect and what turns students on to reading as opposed to playing on the playing on a game. Yes. So I guess we've got to watch that we don't go too far into uh, man alone literature from the 50s. Not mm. saying there's nothing wrong with that, mm. but it's about trying to make that connection. So. He's trying not to focus too much on tragedies. That's right. That's right. Oh well, hey, uh, if you've listened out there, I hope there's been something uh, of use to you in in this. Um, what's really cool is we've got lined up discussions with other people. That's what it might do is just unpack and or open up a whole lot of other doors. Well, I guess the beauty of our uh, lineup of guests is they're far more intelligent than definitely myself. Probably not you, but uh, you. Yes. to have them lift us up a little bit. Right. Well, absolutely, and um, and yeah. Hey, look, I could talk eighties film references and Queens and State of Origin, and you window incorrect all day film references. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you approximate film references, years and takeaway chat. <laughs> um, but people are out there doing really interesting stuff, telling really interesting stories and authentic stories. Will hopefully give a bit more, and we they definitely will give more. Not hopefully. Well, I don't know. I mean, being a pretty good debate of KFC burgers and where they go wrong. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, be hard to beat. Yeah. There's a challenge to all our future guests. Come prepared. Bring your A game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, peeps. You've been beautiful out there. Um, special shout out to Bluff, Kai Kohi, and Kai Tai. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with us. Uh, picked purely at random. So I don't have my fun out there. I hope you didn't take anything to heart. Next episode, we'll be pulling out three other random places. All right, peeps, you've been beautiful out there. Uh, catch you next time.